Hey, what's up, Warrior? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 428. So this week, we're going to take a trip into your garage, because I'm betting that you have some pretty nifty gizmos in there that you didn't even realize could actually be very useful for your survival weapons arsenal. In fact, I have 10 quick hacks for you to build that list for your little SHTF scavenger hunt that's going to really get your creative juices flowing about how you can fashion a weapon for self-protection in urban environments or increase the effectiveness of the weapons that you already own, whether that's a knife, a firearm, or whatever. And hey, don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the juiciest details. You can download it absolutely free as well as gain access to a bunch of other cool resources that we've got in there for you in our special Loot Locker section of our Academy Training Zone. All you have to do is head on over to warriorlife.com loot to get started. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, what's up, Warriors? Jeff Anderson here, WarriorLife.com, WarriorLife Academy. And one of the books that I've got planned as a follow-up to the 5-Minute Survival Guide that just came out on Amazon is our Urban Survival Guide. Now, this is a compilation project that I'm doing with another author, and my portions of it are based upon the urban combat experience that I had when I was in the U.S. Army and even just things that I had to think about from a survival perspective, from a combat perspective, when I was uh, in those environments. And the section that I'm working on right now is all about urban survival weapon hacks, if you will. And whether that is fashioning weapons of opportunity out of things that you can scavenge from your environment or ways that you can protect the weapons that you do have or make them more effective. Now, one of the myths that a lot of people think about when it comes to survival is in any sort of a, a, a life-changing event, an SHTF moment, if you will, a Tiatwaki type of experience that they're just going to go off into the middle of nowhere and just live off the land often on top of some mountain somewhere. And it's really not very realistic. One, people think that they're safer that way. Uh, it's actually not much safer because the further you are away from populated areas, then you are not going to have as much resources around you that you can use for help. Also, you're going to need resupply at times, whether that's for security purposes and things that you might need for protection, for security, whether it's building out a team or, or recruiting other people that might be able to help you. But it's also resources like food and and other things that you might need. Now, I'm not saying you need to be in downtown Manhattan. Not cool, right? But you don't want to be totally removed from the population. Eventually, people are probably going to move out to where you are. They're going to find you. They're going to see smoke rising. There's going to be ways that you can be found. And again, the more remote you are, the more vulnerable you may be. So one of the things that we talk about are things that you can get from your environment that you might be able to look around you right now and see that you never really understood had a survival purpose. Now, in this broadcast, what I wanted to do was share with you 10 things that you can find probably in your own garage right now that will be effective when it comes to weaponry. Again, either fashioning or protecting what you have. And this is stuff that you can find in a garage, whether you're in a rural environment, suburban environment, or even a more urban downtown environment. Anybody that's got a garage has probably got a lot of these things there. All right, so I'm gonna go through 10 things 
right now with you. Now, the first thing you want to look at when you go inside of, uh, let's say you're scavenging and you're, you go inside somebody's garage, is a, some sort of a pole. Something vertical is what you're looking for. So that can be a, a wooden pole. It could, be the, uh, it could be the handle for a hoe or a shovel. It could also be a metal pole. Now, a wooden pole is going to be, it's not going to be as heavy, so you'd be able to use it as a staff for walking, but you can also use it as a staff for self-defense as well. But a metal pole is something that is going to be a little bit too heavy for walking as a staff, but there was a, a weapon that was put out by Condor. They don't make it anymore, but it is essentially, they, it was a pig sticker is what it was. Now, if you are watching the stream on YouTube or Facebook or one of our other social media channels there, then you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. But for those of you that are just listening to our podcast, you will be able to, I'll, I'll describe it as best I can. But it is literally like a pig sticker. It's like a, it's like a hypodermic needle with holes in the shaft of it that allow you to fashion it to a wooden pole and or a stick or anything that you can do. And this is literally used for sticking pigs, like boars and things like that. And with the shape of the the essentially the needle that goes in, and we're talking it's you know it's a good like 10 inches there. When that sticks in by the shape of it, it's going to create a groove in there that's not going to easily close up. So a pig is going to bleed out. Well people would bleed out also if you need to use it for self-defense. Now, this is very, very effective. Um, that's why they use it for things as strong, as powerful as, as a boar. Now, with a metal pole, uh, we had our, our, one of our combat machete camps. We had people fly in and, and spend a weekend together. We're training with uh, combat with the machete, for those of you that, don't, that are snickering right now. Uh, when I was in combat, anytime you pull that trigger and it doesn't go click because you're out of ammo... I needed another weapon out on the battlefield. And I carried my machete with me everywhere that I went. Anytime I was on mission, even in training, carried that machete with me because that was the, my weapon of choice to be able to defend myself if I'm out there in the middle of the battlefield and I've got, I've got no more bullets there. All right, so one of the things we did with Combat Machete Camp was uh, Larry came out there and he had brought, since he had heard me talk about uh, Condor's thing before, he had brought a metal pole out there that he had cut out and basically just filed down, and it looked exactly the same. So with one of these little pig stickers, all you need is a, a thin metal pole, and that is all you are going to need for that. Now, number two here that I'm going to show you, because if one of those poles happens to be PVC, if there's a like thin PVC there, one of the reports that we did a few years back was how to make your own survival bow in a, in a in basically in an environment where you don't have access to bows and things like that. So, uh, and made it out of PVC pipe. And it's very effective. Uh, we have blueprints for using it. In fact, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and put it inside of the loot locker. I'll, I'll put that report in there. Uh, that was uh, done with a blacksmith, but showed us how to, how to basically melt down and how to form and, and make a bow out of PVC. And uh, we'll put that in the loot locker. If you're not a loot locker member, just go to warriorlife.com loot, and you can go ahead and get that and there's a whole bunch of other really cool resources in there but i'll go ahead and make sure that that's in there but one of the things that we discovered was the driveway markers that are used in northern climates these are meant for marking your driveway it's got a it looks like a big lollipop it's got a big red reflector on top and it's meant for where there's snow and snow banks you would put these long bendable reflectors into the ground they stick up about three feet or so out of the out of the 
well, that's about how big they are. And they stick up so that those reflectors will show you where your driveway is when all you see is snow that's there. But the shafts of them are very, very flexible. And one thing that we found with the PVC bows is that putting these inside of the PVC and then making your bow really reinforced it, made it a lot stronger, a lot more powerful. You can, there's other ways that you can fashion things like arrows. You can use duct tape for, the, um, uh, for making the arrows uh, uh, for the... I'm thinking of what the, uh, what the name of it is. But basically, like where you have the feathers, I'm totally blanking. So somebody will, somebody will help me out with that. The other thing that you can do with these reflectors, these driveway, uh, driveway markers, is if you've ever seen in riot control, a lot of, especially like in South, uh, South Africa, places like that, instead of just shooting people, then they use whips for it. It's, they're basically very long shafts of, uh, of, of plastic, and they hurt like hell. A lot of people back in the old days, when we used to ha- actually have antennas on cars, guys that would get in a rumble would rip off that antenna and use that as a weapon. These things work very, very well. They're, they're, they're sturdier than a, a vehicle antenna is, a radio antenna, but, so they're not going to break, but they can also be used as something to get somebody away from you. Not everything is going to require you to pull out your AR-15 and start blasting away at people. So this can also be a non-lethal weapon that can help you with people that are just giving you a hard time, begging for food, won't go away, whatever, right? Okay, so that's number two are the driveway markers. Number three is you start rummaging around the, uh, the garage are razors. So very often used in box cutters, in carpet, Cutters, a lot of different, a lot of different things use these razors. Uh, sheetrock, uh, sheetrock razors, things like that. I mean, a razor brought down a plane, allowed terrorists to change the world as we know it today, because of nothing but a razor. And so, most likely, a garage. If anybody, any kind of tools there, any kind of little gadgets, just start rummaging around. These razors can be used as is. They can be attached to other things to be used as knives. In prison, people take even just like regular, the the little strip of razors and attach that. They'll melt it into toothbrushes. uh, Very, very crafty in prison, right? Well, you can use, I mean, these bigger razors that you use and things like sheetrock knives, those those are going to be much bigger. And you can use these very effectively for just for general survival purposes, just general use, but also obviously as a, as a weapon as well. Now, Number, what am I at, number one, two, three, I'm on number three now, are any types of fasteners. So one of the things that I talked about with uh, Kevin Reeve has uh, On Point Tactical, onpointtactical.com, and in his Urban Escape and Evasion course that we did, one of the things he talked about was putting a kit together that will allow you to use your environment and make weapons out of it. So with something just like an Altoids tin, and putting some fasteners in there. So inside of the one that I have, I have some adjustable clips that they're those metal bands that have ridges in them and they've, they have a, a, little, a little screw on top of them. You just use a screwdriver and that'll tighten it up. These things are way more effective than things like zip ties that you would use to fasten things. So these, are, these clamps are very, very strong and you can tighten a knife that you have onto a stick or a staff that you can use as a spear. You can go fishing with it. You can go hunting with it. You can use it for self-defense. But these clamps work really well. Also, any sort of fasteners like the 
you're drilling some holes in that metal pole that you fashion into a pig sticker. You just basically in those holes, you can get, you just grab some screws. I put that in there as well. Some drill bits are things you can put in there. So you're looking for any sort of fastener. Now, one other thing that I add to my kit as well is, uh, this is going to be all tangled up here, but this is, but I have a, a bowstring in here. Now you can make your own bowstring out of things like 550 cord and things like that, but I mean, bowstrings don't take up much room. So, and they're going to be much more effective and you don't have to sit there and weave things into, uh, into bowstrings. So I like to put some, a, a bowstring inside of there as well. So that'll help me fashion a bow that I can use for longer distance, either defense or for hunting there. Okay. All right. Number four, we're going to talk about your firearms now. Uh, this weekend, I just, I was out at the range or you had a private range uh, with some Navy SEAL friends of mine and Hoist Gracie was actually out there also and blasting off some rounds. And when we get done, like we don't leave the range without cleaning the weapon. It doesn't matter what's on the agenda for the rest of the evening. It doesn't how, matter how late, one of, the, one of the guys that we had there, um, Brian, he had a date with his wife. He totally forgot about it, but he wasn't leaving the range until his weapon was clean. Fortunately, we all clean our weapons the same way, and it's the easier way. So uh, all you need is some brake cleaner or carburetor cleaner, anything that's going to work on getting carbon off. It's a much easier way than the old way that we used to have in the Army where we're, we're literally just there for like an hour or so just picking away at pieces of carbon. So just with some of the brake cleaner, it's going to help loosen up all the gunk that you have there and... That's going to do a lot of the work for you in getting your weapon clean. So brake cleaner, uh, look for that inside of the garage as well, or like I said, or carburetor cleaner will work as well. Now in that same realm here, the, <clears throat> the fifth one that we have here is steel wool. Steel wool acts as a very good improvised bore cleaner. So you can just take off a little bit of the steel wool and then just take either a stick I don't care what it is, too, uh, not a toothpick, but a, a chopstick. It doesn't matter what. Anything that you can get down the barrel of your gun, you just take some of the steel wool, break some of it off, and then just shove that down the barrel, and that's going to help get some of that residual carbon that is inside of there. It's a little bit harder to use the brake cleaner on the inside of the barrel, so that's going to help push a lot of that gunk out of there as well. Uh, one of the things with the brake cleaner and the uh, and, and, the, and the carburetor cleaner is that it, it, it tends to, like it doesn't really lubricate very well. It, it tends to dry it out. It, it, it evaporates very, very quickly. And so one thing that you can also do is grab some, look around for some motor oil. Now, the lower viscosity that you can get, like that's why cold climates are a little bit better because you want something that's, that's lower, on, like a 5W30 is probably going to work out better for you. It's just not as as thick. So it'll work better for lubricating the parts that you have. So whether that are your, your gun parts, I wouldn't put it down. I wouldn't necessarily put it down the barrel. Um, you want to keep, I mean, that can get kind of gunked up in, inside of there. So it's not like a, you know, a bullet's going to shove all that out of there. It's fine, but you really don't want to have a lot of gunk around. So you just want to do a light, a light coat of motor oil. Now what's unique about the motor oil is that my friends over at concealedcarry.com did a, uh, a field test, essentially, of different gun, gun cleaners that were out there, gun lubes, gun oils. And of the seven that they tested out, one of them, which, you know, motor oil is not, it's not, a, uh, it's not specifically for, for guns, but out of the seven that they had, 
it came in number three with all of the tests that they did there. So again, it's not some, nothing that you would def definitely like use in place of other gun oil that's, that's going to be more designed for it. But motor oil in a pinch is absolutely going to work very, very well for you. Now, the other thing with this is that with any of your other weapons that you have, knives that you have, like our, um, our Guardian machete, which we, we just got back into production now, we're getting ready actually to, to release these again uh, this week, if we're, probably if you're, if you're watching this. But um, our, our Guardian machete is extremely strong. Like it, cut, it cuts through steel. So the re one of the reasons why it's so strong is it's made of 1095 uh, tool steel. Unlike some of the other machete manufacturers, even the big names that are out there, use a type of steel that uh, gets a little bit too hard. It's not as strong. It's not as durable. And it'll chip off. It'll bend. It'll break. It'll do things like that. Ours, you can cut through steel, and it's not even going to damage the blade at all. So... Um, but one of the things about 1095 steel is it doesn't stand up to the elements of the weather as much. So keeping a nice, just a light coat of just with some motor oil, just take a rag or something like that and just rub it across there. It's going to help protect any of the tools or, or weapons that you have that are metal. So that's going to that's help you as well. All right, the next one we have on the list here. In the military, we had black caps that we put on the, uh, the muzzle of our, of our weapon of our rifle to keep from mud getting inside of there, uh, from, from moisture getting in there. We want to protect things from the elements as much as possible, right? So that black cap would go on there. Uh, one of the things you can, you'll find in pretty much every garage that's out there is black electrical tape. And this stuff is going to be waterproof. All you have to do is just wrap it around the muzzle just so that there's no, there's no ventilation in there at all. You can just go ahead and wrap it around there. You don't have to worry about taking it off if you do need to shoot at all. That round's going to go through that tape just perfectly fine. Again, you don't need to wrap, you don't need a, a big giant ball of, of tape on the end of it. You just need to make sure that there is no additional moisture that's getting inside of there or mud or things like that that can get caked inside of there. And then you go to shoot the round. If there is impacted mud in there or stones, now you got a problem. Now you got a serious problem and you can get injured and, and, and damage your weapon. So black electrical tape is also going to help you to uh, protect yourself as well. All right, next thing we have up here, which I believe is number eight, but is a, uh, a look for a lawnmower in the garage and take the blade off of it. Now, with a lawnmower blade, it already is sharpened on two different sides of it. Depending upon which lawnmower blade you have, it might be just on the ends or it might be you know, all the way, almost all the way across, all the way to the, the middle uh, lug that's in there. And so... These work very, very well. They can, you can use them as is and just wrap around one end. You can cut it in half if you want to and have two knives. You can just put this in some, uh, get it very, very hot. And with a hammer, you can pound this out very, very easily to be flatter because usually they come a little bit curved on the ends. But these already come partially sharpened, but it is made of very durable steel. It's made to like take a beating through your grass, hit, hit tree trunks and roots and stones and it's not going to chip it right because it's made of tool steel well you can also use this as a makeshift machete so you can take it pound it out you can actually if you get this thing really hot really hot you've got something really good that you can you can pound away on that's going to be strong like you know something that you can use for blacksmithing then you can form this even more then sharpen the whole end of it you can make a full length machete essentially out of this very very easily so one of the things I like, it's my makeshift machete, all right? So lawnmower blade is going to work out very well. 
And then finally what we have here is look around for any sort of either ceramic or porcelain, either a plate or a coffee cup that might be in the area that you're at. Because for sharpening any of your knives that you have or even your machete, I mean, like one thing about the, uh, that I love also about the 1095 steel that we use for the Guardian is that 1095 steel is, is easy to work with. It's tool steel, so it's made for tools. Like it's, it's super durable, right? That's why we can cut, that's one of the reasons why we can cut through steel. I mean, we temper it a different way, so it's a, it's a different tempering that makes it where literally we, we hack through steel and it's still as sharp, sharp enough to go through. We, we cut through a dozen beer cans like, like butter. And one of the things about that is that it's also easy to sharpen. So more of the 440 stainless, any of the stainless steels, they're gonna be a much higher uh, hardness rating. So it's gonna chip more. That's why we don't use them for machetes because you know, they, we've, we've tried some of the commercial machetes that are out there. They'll chop through some sticks and some wood, but anytime you hit anything that's either cement or metal, things like that, it's gonna chip off, it's gonna chip off the blade. So they are very easy to sharpen. And with the machete, the way that we angle the, uh, the grind on it, it actually holds an edge very well as well. Likely, I mean, if you can go through steel, it's gonna hold an edge, right? So anything that you have that is ceramic or, or porcelain there, if you look like, if you're looking at me right now on the bottom of the plates, you'll notice that there is a ring that is usually a different color. It's, it's usually a little bit rougher. That's where the plates either sat in the kiln, it's where, you know, didn't have the glaze there. It, it allowed the, uh, the plate to sit there, but not, wasn't like totally flat. So there's usually a ridge on it. Same thing with a coffee cup, usually on any sort of porcelain or ceramic coffee cup, you might find at the bottom that there is this rougher ridge to it. That rougher ridge you can use with your knives just as if it is a sharpening stone. So you can just use it with your knives. We use it, uh, we've, we've taken the machete and we've used it as well. So it is best to really set it down on something and then use that. Nice little sound for those podcast listeners out there, right? Uh, we, you can just hold that on something flat and you can use that as a sharpener. Um, one of the things I do, though, I mean, rather than trying to find something like this and rather than carrying around a, a coffee mug with me, is I just have a simple, like a hand sharpener that is out there. I mean, some people are going to, I mean, people love, I mean, there are people that are just like, they live for sharpening knives. Uh, one of the things I just use, like I don't, I don't want to put a lot of effort into things. So what we do is we have just a little handheld sharpener. It's got a carbide, um, carbide on one end and it's got a, like a, a V grind on it. So it allows us just to rake the, the machete across it just a few times, keep a good edge on it. On the other side is ceramic. So we can get a little bit more, a little bit finer finish on it there. Uh, so those are something that you should just have inside of, inside of your bug out bag. We give it away as part of our tactical pack when we, when we do our special promotions for stuff. But it's just super easy to have on you, and it's very, very effective for your knives as well as machete. If you've got a tomahawk or a hatchet, an axe, something like that, those things work very well, super easy to get, very lightweight. Just pack it right inside of your bug out bag, all right? Okay, so those are the top 10 things that I have scavenging around. Now, there are other obvious things that you can find in maybe a garage environment that could be used as weapons. Things like hammers, uh, a crowbar, those are gonna be very effective as well. But we're trying to get a little bit creative here and I wanna see how creative that you can get. So wherever you're either watching me right now or you're listening to the podcast or if you're over on our blog, you can go over to warriorlife.com slash podcast. It'll take you over to a special section there. 
you can go ahead and check out this podcast there. You can also go ahead and get all the show notes for here and all of our, our well, not all of our past ones. We're working on getting back what we've got, like, I don't know, a few hundred or so, I don't know, of uh, our cheat, one-page cheat sheets that are inside of our Loot Locker. Again, you can go ahead and get all the resources inside of there. We get a bunch of really cool audio programs and reports and all of our cheat sheets are in there. And you can go th- get that at warriorlife.com loot and go ahead and get signed up for, for access there, all right? So I wanna hear from you. What are some things that you, if you go into your garage right now, what are some things that you can find that you can scavenge in there that you can get creative with to use specifically for weapons, either fashioning weapon, protecting your weapon, or making your weapon more effective. So go ahead and please leave a comment wherever you are enjoying our podcast. And I look forward to catching all your stuff. If we do a podcast in the future and or any sort of a video or anything and we use your tip, we will send you a thank you gift in the mail as our way of just appreciating those of you out there that have been leaving comments for us, giving us those badass five-star reviews. Really love it. Help, thanks for helping us get the word out to, uh, to other people out there about our podcast and our video channel and our other social media stuff. Uh, really appreciate it. We love to really thank people and send stuff out to you as special little appreciation gifts. So if we end up using your stuff in one of our things, we will give you full credit for it. I never take any other credit. We're all standing on the, the shoulders of giants, right? So we will give you full credit for it, and I will send you something in the mail as a special thank you. All right? So go check it out now. I look forward to getting your comments and uh, hopefully putting them out there in the future, right? Until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.